0: Good morning, everybody. Today, B'Shosh we'll be learning Daf Ein Gimel in Maseches Kiddushin. This is our penultimate week of Kiddushin. Next week, we're gonna finish. Next week, we have to talk about where I'm gonna be. Uh, but be that as it may, we're three lines up from the bottom of Ein Beis and Mid and we're learning a halacha, right? We're talking about Yuxin and different, right, lineages and different stati, statusi, stati. Um, so, G'er Nosim Amzeris, Diver Rabbi Yosi, right? Three lines up from the bottom. Tanar is saying a Hiddish. That, whereas typically if you're a Jew, you're not supposed to, a regular Jew that's not a Mamzer, you're not supposed to marry a Mamzer, okay? But if you're a convert, you can. Wow! Rashi! Four lines down in the wide. Ger the kasavar kahal gerim ikri kahal. Right? That if you're a ger, this is going to see. We're going to see how they touch this up, as they say, right? We're going to see how they find this in the Pesukim. Lo bakal, right? And mamzer is not, is not supposed to marry the regular kahal. The kahal is the crew, right? The, the right. So the crew is the congregation. The congregation of Israel. So you would think that the congregation of Israel includes all Jews. Not so fast. First of all, mamzer at that point gets uh, kind of he's outside. He's on the outside looking in. Mamzerim can marry each other, right? But they can't But they can't marry anybody from the kahal, from the congregation. So, the Svara of Reb Yosef is that a convert, yes, he's a full fledged Jew in all respects, but is he really part of the congregation? Mm, no. Okay. Uh, so, Gerenos and Mamzerus would be true in the other way as well if a Gioris would marry uh, a Mamzer. So, as Rashi points out, halach uh, achar psulo, it's going to go after the psul. The child be a mamzer, but the ger can marry a mamzer. Dear Rebbe Yossi, that's Rebbe Yossi'shita. Rebbe disagrees. Rebbe Huda holds that a ger is a full-fledged Jew and is part of the kahal, and therefore cannot marry a mamzer. As the Rebbe continues to say, ger Rebbe Huda, Right? That a ger cannot marry a mamzeris. And echad ger, echad efem, shukhar v'chalom, mutarem v'kohenes. However, a Kohenis what we otherwise call a bas kohen, right? So kohenus is somebody married a kohen. The chiddish here is that bas kohen can marry any kind of Jew. In other words, a, a ger and an evan meshuchar and a Chalal are all Jews, right? They're just kind of like maybe the, the lesser yuchastic Jews. There's no real, the halal has a little bit of a psul, but an evan meshuchar and a ger are basically just converts, right? Freed slave is a full-fledged Jew. Convert's a full-fledged Jew. So the Chiddush is that, okay, she came from Yichus. She was a Kohenes, But that doesn't mean anything. We know that a Kohenes can marry a full-fledged Jew and that's the idea that a Ger and a these are full-fledged Jews. They cannot marry Mamzerim according to Rabbi Huda. According to Rabbi Yossi, he is Mihadish that they can, that a Ger can. The Gemara wants to know, my time at the Rabbi Yossi, why does Rabbi Yossi hold that a Ger is at a level where he's not part of the Kal? Because says the Gemara Chamisha Kahalek Sive, the word Kahal actually is written five times in the Pesukim, and the way you write, the way you apply those five mentions of the word Kahal is how you're going to, is how you're going to say who is and who isn't in the Kahal. Let's look at the last Rashi 9 Bezim Bez Chamisha Kahalek Sive, and Rashi goes through it. So the pasuk literally says the mamzer cannot be part of the congregation. That's one. That's very much gimel. Lo yava Bakal over there also. So another mention of kal. Lo yava amoni moravi bekal. So there you go, a third kal. Then lo yava lahem bekal dor shlishi yava lahem bekal the misri Right. So there you have all the mentions of kal. And then some of them are going to be considered separate. Some of them are going to be considered the same. According to Erebiosi, if you count it up, it's five. Right? This last one we were saying is that, or the aforementioned, we've talked about this already, that a Mitzri and a Domi, if you're from that nationality, then for three generations you have a Lo Yavah Bekal. So, but you may not have noticed, or maybe he probably did, that this Lo Bakal this idea of congregation and call, comes up, right, each time. Question is why does it have to come up five times? Rashi just finishes off, points out that there is another time where it says that a psula dakala you that's with uh, crushed genitals, and he is that's not part of this count because as Rashi points out at the end of Ein Bais and Bais, that's not That's not right. That's that's not a genealogical psul. That's not a yichus thing. That's a uh, physical thing. Be that as it may, as we turn now to Ein Gimel and we. Get going. Chad Kohanim, what are these? According to Rabbi what are these five mentions of Kal? So says Rabbi One is to teach you that Mamzerim can't marry Kohanim, v'chad le and one is to teach you that Mamzerim can't marry Leviim. Right, so it's fascinating, even though they are from the same Shevet, this is where us Leviim realize, okay, we're from Shevet Levi, but we're not at the level of the Kohanim. Fine. Um, Rashi actually addresses that. Um right, the, the Rashi, the fourth wide line. They have a Ksiv hav Havmin Kohanim Kamar Avalabim Mutarim Big Ksif Trey Havmin Labim Vikhanim of Ali yisraelim Lo. Okay. So it's chad le Kohanim, Bahad Leviim, Bahadli Israelim, the Gum right, the Gemara continues. So three mentions of Khals to teach you kohen Levi yisrael. all of them cannot marry Mamzerim. Okay? Because again, as Rashi points out, you might have thought we know that but that, whatever, that's that's a gradation, just like we have Aliyahs. The coin is not a Levi. and a Levi is not an Israel. Those are the levels. Each one is usher to marry a Mamzer, and then v'chad mishri Mamzer b'shtuki. Fascinating, as Rashi said, a Shtuki, what you might recall, is one whose father is unknown. We don't, we don't, we don't know who the father is. The mother has a baby out of wedlock. Okay, we don't know who the father is. So as Rashi points out, it's fascinating. Actually, a Mamzer can marry a Shtuki. What if the father? was you know uh, uh a holy rabbi right, um, right there, there was like chuvas uh, back in the day I forgot this is a famous chuva I think it's the no w b u maybe where the uh the the mother claims that the father was like Elio and Novi or something i don't know the point is that the the mystery Mazar so saysAh falpisha zev vadiib suffix says rashi right in other words, the father the Mamzer we know he's a Mamzer in this particular case. But the father, by a shtuki, by definition, is a Safi. He could have been a Big tzaddik, or it could have uh, been anyone. He could have been non-Jew altogether. Still says, so so if he was father's a big tzaddik, why could he marry Mamzer? Right? You have a mother who is Jewish, a father's a tzaddik. How is this person allowed to marry Mamzer? So we say lo Shema Lisa mamzeres <laughs> the Bekal, Mamzer. Kal See what's going on here? In other words, the fourth mention of Kal is not to teach you that the Mamzer can't marry them. The fourth, member, the fourth mention of Kal is to emphasize that a Mamzer can't go can't marry anybody who's Vadai in the congregation. This is where Rashi says, right? Vadai in the congregation, which is to say a shtuki. Right, whose father is of unknown origin. So there, he is not bekal in the sense that he's not vaday in the congregation. He's Suffolk in the congregation. So the fourth mention of kal is teaching you that in fact the moms are can't marry a Shtuki. Okay, bechad the Shtuki shduki be Uh huh, and then another one to allow the Shtuki to marry yisrael because this. Is a two-way street. It works both ways. In other words, the shtuki can marry a mamzer. That's because he's a suffix, right, kahal. And therefore, mamzer, that's allowed. But he can also marry a regular Jew. Why? Because when we say kahal, that when we say that, right, um, right, so he says that, because again, lemishi shtuki be Yisrael, that you might have thought that a shtuki, well, maybe he's not Jewish, he can't marry Israel. That's not that that's also not a problem, because the right in mamzer is not definitely a mamzer. In other words, just like a mamzer right can marry somebody who's in a suffek kahal, because the only person in the mamzer can't marry somebody who's for sure in the kahal. So similarly, a stuki who's only a suffek mamzer also can marry Bakal. right? So in other words, what's the iser? Right. So again, that's the converse. In other words. What's the isser? The isser is for definite mamzer to marry a definite somebody, member of the kahal. Okay, so that's, that's what we're seeing, that if it is a suffolk mamzer or a suffolk kahal, otherwise known as a shtuki, so those marriages are okay, right? Because it's not uh, the only thing that's us. There's definite mamzer and definite kahal. Okay. Um, and again, according to Herbiosi, however, he finishes off his point by saying, kahal gerim lo ikri kahal. Right? That the congregation of converts is not considered a kahal. It's a separate kahila, right? It's a separate congregation. And therefore, that is a vadai separate congregation. And therefore, if that's a separate congregation, then they cannot marry, right? Uh, Even a definite mamzer. I'm sorry, then they cannot marry um, a regular kahal. And so when you add it all up, just to bring it home now, is according to Rabiosi, if a khal gerim is not a kal, that means that it's se- definitely not a khal, right? In other words, we have a definite ger. Again, when we have the case of the shtuki, in the case, in the, then, then the shtuki is like a suffolk, it's all suffolk mamzer. So, so again, what we said was definitely not okay is for the mamzer, who's a definite mamzer, to marry a definite kal, okay? However, the definite mamzer can marry a definite, not kahal, right? In other words, the mamzer is on the outside looking in. The ger, according to Yossi, is also on the outside looking in as far as congregation is concerned. Well, two entities that are on the outside looking in can marry each other. Okay, that's the point. That's what he's saying. Kahal gerim loikri kahal that when you're in the, in, the, in the nationality, so to speak, not nationality, the congregation of gerim, so then you can marry in the congregation of mamzerim, so, again, unlike a shtuki who's a suffix, so we don't know if you're a mamzer, you don't know if you're a Yisrael, so you can marry both because, because that's not definitive. The ger is definitive, and therefore he can marry a mamzer. Wow. Okay, so that's why Rabbi holds a mamzer, can marry a, a ger. However, what does Rabbi Huda hold? Rabbi Huda, says the Gemara, Rabbi Huda okay. doesn't have all these extra five kahals, he just learns koin, levi, koin and levi is one shavit. And therefore, khal is referring to just both of them together and le Kal gerim. So he has this extra one to teach you that mamzer is usr to enter the Kal gerim. So again, somehow, we don't know exactly how they, right? all it does is say khal multiple times. We don't know exactly how it would apply, but they have a misorah that this extra Kahal, right, is teaching you that mamzerim can't, um, cannot marry gerim. That they're and that would really, another way of saying it is that ge'erim are considered kal. That's how I would understand it, right? That's one way to understand it. Says the Gemara, there's other two, two more ways of understanding it. Maybe Kohanim and Levin were both considered separate, right, congregations, even though they were the same shevet, even according to Rabbi Yehuda. However, mamzer Bishtuki b'shtuki b'shra'al mechad kal nafka. But you know, the whole idea of mamzer b'shtuki b'shra'al you can understand that from one mention of kal, right? As follows, you can say lo yavo mamzer bekal Hashem. Once right, because we do have one mention of saying a mamzer cannot enter into the congregation. However, mamzer vaday de yavo, ha mamzer sofek yavo, and bekal vaday de yavo, ha bekal sofek yavo. This is what we were saying before. This is an articulation of the idea before that a, a certain that the when it says lo yavo mamzer bekal Hashem. The way you understand that one Pasuk, that one mention of Kal as it were, is that a Vaday Mamzer cannot enter b'vada'i Kal Hashem. Right? However, and that's what the Gemara is saying, that a Mamzer vada'i Hudolo if he's a Mamzer Sufik, he can, right? Which is to say the any other ex- situation, if the Mamzer is a Sufik like a Stuki, or if the kal is a Sufaq, like a Stuki, then the Mamzer can marry him, right? So that's what it means. Mamzer Vadai cannot marry a Kal Hashem. Mamzer Safik can. And even if you have a Mamzer Vadai, he cannot marry a regular, a Jew where he's of known lineage. Habakal Safik, right, otherwise known as a Shtuki, certainly the Mamzer could marry him. And therefore, the, that lesson, right, which we had separated into two, right, the Chadla Mishri, Mamzer shtuki, the Chadla Mishri, Shtuki Bishra'al, that's really all from one pasuk of loyov and mamzer kal Hashem. In that pasuk, you understand, mamzer has to be mamzer v'adai, kal Hashem has to be kal Hashem v'adai. That's the only union that's uh, prohibited. And then from there, as a corollary, you learn certainly that the other two unions are, in fact, mutter in the case of suffolk. But that's all learned from one pasuk. So since that's all learned from one pasuk, Andrew, the fifth pasuk is to teach you, right, that the gerim are, in fact, the kal. The gerim are considered part of the congregation, and it is for that reason that Rehuda would hold that a ger cannot marry a mamzer. Or third, final possibility is V. That also, this last thing you also need to learn, the mamzer and the stuki and the stuki in Israel, you also have to learn from two mentions of Kaal. The time of the is mahacha. The has a different reasoning as follows. It says in the passage, So we look this up. It's in B'midbar 1515. And it has to do with Nesachim. And if you read the Pesukim, actually, the Pesukim over there talked about all the different libations, Andrew, that are, accompany each carbon. And if you look at the Pesukim, you, you look in the Chumash, and you see that it's saying that all of these Nesachim, when they're brought, they should be the same for whether you're a ger or whether you're a non-convert, like a full-fledged Jew, an FFB, as, as it were. And it's a weird pasuk because it says, I'm gonna read the pasuk, it says, uh, first I'll tell you again what the pasuk means, and then when you read it, you realize the word kahal is like clearly out of, kind of out of place. The pasuk is basically saying, just like all of these libation laws are for the Jews, it should be like that for the ger. It's another way of saying that a ger and a Jew have no differences in their with because a ger is a full-fledged Jew, and then with the halachas of the libations, none, nothing should be different. Well, when you read the Pasuk, it's very emph- emphatic about it. The Pasuk says, Hakal. So first of all, the word Hakal, uh, Birnbaum couldn't believe that this was the first word in the Pasuk, because it just seems like a non-sequitur. It just says Hakal, the congregation. And then it says, Right? So the Ger will be exactly like you, Hashem. this is like a... a this is like a Pasuk that emphasizes that a ger is a full-fledged Jew, basically, right? That's, that's what it is. Chukas olam Forever, you're going to have the same halacha. Kachem kager Hashem. The ger will be like you in every way before Hashem. So the gerim are welcomed into the congregation and they're right, like you in every way with regards to the nesachim and thus they're like you in every way with regards to everything. It happens to be that the Pasuk is sort of introduced by the word hakahal. Like, out of nowhere. Like, what does that even have to do with anything? So, that's exactly the point. <laughs> the point is that not only are all the halachas for Gareth going to be the same as all the halachas for other Jews, right? Because they're full fledged <coughs> Jews, but they're considered part of the call. That's why the word call the appears there. So, this is the last Ebai same over here. It says, look, Ebai same, honey, nami, trade calling in you. Yes, yeah, so you could say that use all your calls for everything that you want. Two for the Mamzer and the shtuki and the shtuki in Israel, everything the Israel and the Levi and the Coin, okay. But time in the Then you see the word Hakal in the context that teaches you that the Ger is halachically like the same as a Jew, as a regular Jew, teaches you that what? The Gerim are not only halachically the same as Jews, but they are even uh, right, in terms of association with the congregation, they're part of the congregation. Oh, so what do Rabiossi do with that Pasuk? So Rabiossi, I don't understand this, honestly. It says, achas According to Rabiossi, it says hakal. And according to Rabiossi, I don't know what the word hakal is doing there. That's my point. But then after it says hakal, it says, achas <laughs> lachem gar. In other words, once you say chukahachas, <laughs> hivsika Indian, you're already talking not about whether they're part of the congregation, but now you're talking about whether halachically they have the same status. Meaning, not congregation wise by association with the congregation, but rather halachically, the ger is going to be like a full fledged Jew. But it is weird why it would say hakal, right? In other words, Yehuda is saying that's what the word hakal is doing there. According to Rabbi once it says achas, you're no longer about talk, talking about the congregation, now you're talking about the halachic similarities between a uh, a ger and a non-Jew, okay, a ger rather than a Jew, full-fledged Jew, okay. Be that as it may, let's get back to the brisa that we quoted yesterday. Echad ger, shu'cher v'cholam we know that a, uh, that we just mentioned rather uh, at the end over there uh, at the very end of uh, Ayin Bayis that a bas can marry? Any kind of Jew, whether it's a ger or an even meshucher, those are Jews. Chalal is a Jew. She can marry them. Says the lo Right. This whole idea that a bas can marry any kind of Jew, regardless of like uh, of their background, so to speak, is supporting the idea of Rav, which is to say that women who are kosher, there's no, they're allowed to marry less fit men, right? In um, no, other words, less fit in the sense that if it was a man kohen right, you wouldn't want him to marry a p'sula, right, he couldn't marry a halala, but it is indeed a double standard where the women kohanim can marry the p'sulim in the other direction, okay. Um Rabi and continuing, so again, we had Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Huda. can a ger marry a mamzer? So there was a, there was a drasha, according to that, Rabbi Zair learned in Mechoza, so Mechoza it's important to know, had many, it was a, like, sort of like a city with many converts, right? Just like Balei Tshuva, they liked to live in Passaic, Andrew. And lived in Passaic for nine years. So there's a lot of Machon Shlomo crowd in Passaic. So at least that was the truth 20 years ago, I think still. So, um, yeah, so Machoza had a lot of converts. They, liked, they They went to convert yeshiva, and that's where they had like a little enclave there. Um. Well, Rabzeris did something that you got to know your crowd, Barry. He goes up in the middle, in this crowd in Machoza with all the Gerim community, and he says, Gerim Mutterbim Mamzeris. You guys can marry a Mamzeris. You know, that's kind of triggering, right? They don't want to necessarily hear that. (laughs) It may be helpful to them because it it increases their shidduch prospects, but it doesn't feel good, right? That just means you're not part of the congregation, that you can marry a Mamzer. And therefore, ragmu Kolay alma besrogayu. They pelted him with their Esrogim. Okay, there was not, um, as Rashi points out, Shayusham gerim Yeah, there was, there's a big ger congregation. This was not easy for them to hear because what he's saying is that the loyik recall. So Amar Rava, Rava said the darsh Rava says, is there a good way to say it? Is there a person who exists who knows how to break them to them nicely? in a place where there's a lot of gerim to teach them that they can marry mamzeim. So Rava, as we know, was very clever. So he had a different tactic as follows. Darsh Rav of Mechoza, he gets up there to speak in Mechoza, and he says, ger muter be kohenes." See, oh. says, so a ger can marry kohenes, because that's the halacha we just learned. Right? If you're a Bas Kohen, you can marry a, a ger. Absolutely. He's a Jew. So now he's getting them all buttered up. Right? He's telling all the people of Mechoza, you know, Bas Kohen can marry you. You guys are really... You're A+, plus, you're Aleph-Aleph, Shiduchim. Tanu Bishirai. And they loved hearing that. They loaded him with fine silks and gave him all this credit and adulation. And then he continued, Hadar Darish Lahu, Ger Mamzeris. And then he also pointed out that they could also marry Mamzeris. Uh-oh. So Amrulay, Afseidiz Lekam That second point was so discouraging to us that we lost all of the shine from the first point. I work in a pediatric dental office, so I have weirdly strong opinions about Disney movies. I think Frozen 2 is so bad that it made, it ruined Frozen 1 for me. Anyway, so this is, this is the analogy, right? That, that he was saying. Uh, right. The tabula who... Uh, I mean, granted, I, I, I see these movies totally out of order and, uh, and just in, in bits and pieces, so I don't know what's going on, but... I definitely don't know what's going on in Frozen 2. So he's saying, this second point that you made, that Gary can marry Mamzeris, is so bad, uh, is so discouraging to us that it, it ruined the, 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 the moment. You ruined the moment that you created with the first point, that marry Kohanim. So he said, what really Rav would have said also, I'm, I'm doing this for your own good. All I'm doing is widening the net of shidduch prospects. In other words, what I'm saying is, you can marry Gerim, you can marry Jews, you can marry Bas Cohen, and you can marry Mamzeris. Marry whoever you want, that's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to say, okay. It says the Gemara ger gerim muter and muter Mamzeris. That indeed, that's a halacha, right? I mean, it sounds, whether you like it or not, if you're a ger, you can marry a Bascoin, which is nice. You could also marry a Mamzeris. That's a halacha, wow. like a riosi. lo'hi And then it just articulates why that, if, that you're Mutabe Kohenes, because the Basque coin is not Harris, right? She's allowed to marry any Jew. And indeed, we hold like Reb Unbelievably, that a, a convert can indeed marry mamzeris That's unbelievable. Okay. So now, the first wildlife line according to the Mishnah. Elohein Shtuki, Kol Shemakir. Okay. The idea of, we don't know who dad is. So, Rava, Divinator Shtuki Kusher. That really me to arisa, a stuki can marry any Jew. That's kind of astonishing, right? Because we have no clue who the dad is. Well, my time, because rove sharing me, a Don't forget, mom is Jewish. Okay? So now the truth is if the dad was a there, let's say, the kid would be, the kid is Jewish regardless. But if dad was a mom's there, the kid would be a mom's heir. So why should he be allowed? So it's an issue of rove. We're getting now we're getting lamedus over here, right? In other words, as Rashi, the first wide line says, "Cave in the imo rov olam ksher metzla shain rov Right? So, and he, and then he even goes on to say, "Over kachavim veevad ainavlad mamzer." So, let's go through the possibilities. Mom, as Rashi points out, is single, a single Jewess with a child out of wedlock. So now this kid could have been anything; could have been a mamzer. He could have been uh, a non-Jew. So non-Jew wouldn't matter. The kid's Jewish. Mom's there is worse in a sense because then the kid's and mom's there. Uh, <coughs> also, there's a possibility he could have been an uncle or a Karov where, like, how do you know that you're not related to this kid? So it's all an issue of rov. Rov, kshem, etzla. Right? Right? So again, right? That, that, uh, that a shtuki is kosher to marry anybody because it's most likely that the, the father is not a relative nor a mom's there. And mute poslem it's true. It's true. It could be a car of our mamzer, but that's the mute. And we're therefore we go bus our row, right? We're going to go according to the ma- ma- majority. Okay. The inu la gava called the parish meruba parish. Whoa, how do you like that? Shiv shmeisa tisha chanuyos. We're getting into Londis over here. It's like this, right? That <laughs> where where did the cohabitation take place? If it took place in her home. So then it's called a parshmid aruba parsh, because then you then you what's the concept of a called a parshmid aruba That, well, this is like not, if you take statistics in college, it's, it's not going to come up. But in, in Lumdus, we have this concept, uh, that's why I mentioned Taisha Chanios. You see a piece of meat, okay? If the, if it's in the store, so then kol kavua, kamechza, If it's in the store, that's called kavua. That's the, like the origin of the suffolk is where the suffolk is. And it's, like a 50, it's considered statistically in Halakha a 50 50 proposition. 50 50 proposition, you might be able to go to the Kula anyway, but it's a 50 50 proposition whether it's kosher. If you find it in the street and there's nine stores, right, so then it's called the parish Miduruba Parsh. It's not, it's Parsh means it's removed from the source of the origin of the suffix, and therefore it's statistical rove probability, right? So in other words, again, if you have nine trafe stores and one kosher store, so if you find it in a store and you don't know whether the store is kosher or trafe, then it's considered a 50-50 proposition. But if you find it in the street, so then, well, then now you're counting how many stores there are out there. And if Rove the stores are not kosher, so then you're going to go Miruba. You're going to go according to Rove. okay? So now, if it's the man in her house, so now it's her house. So the origin of Suffolk is the man. Don't forget, in the Shtuki, the origin of Suffolk is who's the father, right? And we don't have Maripovich. Uh, And we don't have the the DNA test. So we don't know. We didn't know that we could test. So we have to go according to Rove. So therefore, the father is outside of this place of Suffolk because the cohabitation took place in the mother's house. In which case, you go according to Rove. And according to Rove, that would dictate that Rove and the men are shared. And in addition to that, me Amrit. Uh, However... What if it's in his house? Now, the source of suffix is in the man's house. So then, that's Havale Kavua. So then, that's the man's house. The source, Kavua, here again, the origin of the suffix is in the source. And even if it's Kavua, so then that's considered a 50-50 proposition, whether the father is cool or not. And even there, though, the Torah, Vatorah Amr, mom's there. But now we go back and we quote the Mamzer, where the mamzer would have to be what? A vada. In other words, the problem of mamzer would only be if he's a vada. Mamzer vada yavo. Ha mamzer sofeq yavo. Bekahal. Right? And and conversely, bekal. Vada yavo. Ha bekal Sufik yavo. So whether the shtuki is, right, whether it's his place or her place, whatever it is, if you walk it, me through it, uh, you know what are you going to do with the karov? Also, it's going to be the same, uh, maybe the same. I don't know the karov. We're going to have to deal with separately that it's not likely, right? Because the be, that, that that it's going to be a very very unlikely thing. But be that as it may, the mamzer certainly is not an issue because it would only be vade mamzer that's lo and therefore whether it's mechza mechza dami kavur mechza mechza dami or called the parish parish, either way, this child can marry anyone. And that explains why a shtuki can indeed marry any Jew. However, so why midar do we say that the shtuki is puzzle? So the gemara: gzair shem e'isa Yeah, that's the issue, yeah. The, 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 right, the relative is an issue. <laughs> right, you need to have a gzairah. Maybe, you don't even know, maybe you're related to this kid. You don't know who the father is. So that's the gezera. So we say, but you know, we allow a shtuki to marry a shtuki, we say, yeah, okay, you two are both of compromised lineage, so you can marry each other. Well, if they're relatives, why should we allow them to marry each other? Don't we have the same concern? That maybe they're related? So he says, No. Are we going to assume that the same father, in other words, in order for them to be related, the same father had to have created all these other kids of wedlock. And for whatever reason, you know, I don't know, in the hood, they say play are going to play. Like in other words, if a person is mizanet, why wouldn't he be mizanet with a lot of other people? But this was not the assumption. We had the assumption that we said that if this person, it's this is not that this is like not a common thing, and therefore it would be exceedingly unlikely that the same relative. Would actually have multiple children out of with multiple women out of wedlock, and therefore these people should. That's so remote that these people can be married, and we don't, and we allow a shtuki to marry a shtuki for that reason, to, uh, on the assumption that they're not related. Okay. Now the Gemara again asks, Right. So again, a shtuki shouldn't be able to be married to marry a bas Right, because the bas we don't know who our father is, so maybe it should be the same thing. So he says, but that too here, we say that that we don't allow. So right again, it's going back to the israels So he says, maybe that too should not have been prohib- uh, prohibited. Another is going back in the other direction. Why do we even have? If it's not shchicha, why do we have a gzerah darbana that we don't allow it? That's the point. So Gemara says elamale also be yuchsin. That's true. It's not a real Shash. We don't really think they're related, but you know what, uh, you have to have some standards. <laughs> so when it comes to Yuxin, you have the standard that a shouldn't marry Israel. okay? Um, fine, so that's a shtuki. A shtuki is when we know who the mom is, that's very common, but we don't know who the dad is. It, uh, relatively common. But now, what about a Sufi? A Sufi is literally a foundling. You don't know who either parent is. So now we're gonna get into the idea of when you don't know who the parents is, how do you treat a child? That you that you that you think he's Jewish, but you don't know who the parents are. I'm a Dvar Torah, Asufi, Kosher. Suri can marry any Jew. Wow. Okay, you don't have no don't have any idea who the parents are, but he can marry anybody. My time. What's the reason? Because Ashish Ish Bavala Toila. Because who abandons a child? So now we're talking about you've seen an abandoned child, a foundling. The the yeah. idea would be like this. Really, if his yichus is not great, but we know that it's a Jewish community. So then, that's okay, he can marry any Jew. The only way there would be a problem is if he's a mom's here. That would only be true if the mother was committing adultery, and that's why it was, um, and that's why the child was, was uh, left out here. This is an unbelievable idea, though, that In other words, if she, again, if, this is, if, the, again, if the mother of the child is a single mom, then the, the child's almost certainly kosher, that's what we're saying. If the mother of the child is married, so then the child might be a momzer, because then it probably is a product of adultery. The Gemara is teaching you now is if the mother was legitimately married, she would always say that the father is the father, that the husband her husband is the father, even if it's not true. Oh, okay. So my my ika. Now so the Gemara says, I'll walk you through it. Right? I'm gonna prove to you that the father that the mother is single. If the mother is single, the child is not gonna be a mamzer, right? A, a a single girl, a pinuya, can't have a momzer. Right, it would only be a mamzer if it was adultery. So therefore, right, I'm going to teach you. It says miut Right, it is true that a married woman could theoretically have a kid, um, but it's very much a mute, Right, the minority of women are without right getting married or have their father, the, their husbands away for so long, and therefore it is unlikely that the child comes from that lineage. Right. So Pnuya. So once we've established that that's the minority, most married women are living at home with their husbands, right? And they're already Nisuyos, right? They're already living with them. So therefore, once we say most married women are living with their husbands, and we've already established that married women living with their husbands would never toss a kid off to the street. So now we're establishing who tosses kids to the street, right? Like teenage moms. So teen mom who's a pnuya is more likely to abandon the child. Once you're a pnuya, then the pro, then the problem isn't really uh, one of mamzerus, right? So why would she abandon the child? Says the Gemara. avon. Wait a minute. The, so a teen mom might because she can't afford to have the child, she'll leave him out in the street. So have a palgo palgo. So so the idea is like this. There's there's certainly no more than a 50-50 chance that the asufi is a mamzer. A foundling is probably not mamzer. And the Torah says that. Only a Vaday Mamzer can't marry a Jew. Mamzer Vadayud Mamzer. Ha Mamzer And In other words, since we don't have a certain Mamzer here, he can certainly marry Hashem, because we as we have already said several times, only a Vaday Mamzer can't marry the the uh, So this is all a long way of saying, right, that a foundling can a child born out of wedlock found around um can marry for these reasons, a regular Israel. So now the Gemara says, <laughs> But we said that a foundling is possible. So it Shema Isa khosam And now we go through the same copy-paste of before. That because may, we don't know the lineage, maybe it's related. So, <laughs> so then maybe there shouldn't be even a Darabonan. Says the Gemara, Kohani Shadevi Azli. But are, you gonna, are we going to assume that all the women who abandon children? are going to continue and have more children. So this is the same thing we were saying before. Does a teen mom continue to have kids out of wedlock? I happen to know uh, such, such scenarios, but not so much in our community, Baruch Hashem. Uh, so if you don't have multiple... Uh, so, so once we assume that this is kind of like a one-time mistake, it doesn't happen again. So you could assume that these children are not Related well, once you assume that they're not related, so the Sufi law, the so if you're going to say that that's not common, so then why why do we have the Darabanan issue altogether, whether the Sufi uh, Sufi should not marry uh, should be considered puzzle. It Says also be because we have to have some standards. Fine. So now I'm a Ravuna a similar idea with regards to the founding. As we turn to Bays and we have four minutes, plenty of time. Here we go, Andrew. Ein bo mishum asufi. Okay, when you find a foundling, what assumptions can you make about why this kid was left in a dumpster? Okay? So, if you find, so again, if you assume he's in a Sufi, then he's going to be puzzled. puzzle. If you assume that he comes from kosher lineage, but there were some circumstances why he was dumped, so then he's considered a full fledged Jew, right? In other words, Rashi, the first Ein Bo Sufi, the Elav Kosher, who loveth Tircha Bei in other words, the only reason they went through the trouble of giving him a milah is because he was a kosher baby. If it was like some sort of uh, gum in his lineage, they would have just dumped him without uh, giving him at Different times, right? So uh, we'd like to hope. Mishate had meah, Mishate had dame. Okay, if he's found with straight limbs. Mishum Asufi. Then again, if you find a child that wasn't deformed, okay? And had a mila, And looked like he was taken care of in any way, so that he probably is not an Asufi. He's probably not possible is the point, because he probably was kosher and was dumped for a different reason. Wow. Like, so for example, shayf Mishcha, he's massaged with oil, umla kuchlo, he has the, you know, the stebium powder on the eyes to bring out the, the rouge in his cheeks. A Ramei Khumri. Or knots of herbs tied around him, or tali pisca, or the amulet hanging from his neck, or tali like we learned in Mesakos Brachos, the amulet of spices, any of these like right uh right uh herbal things, any of these kinds of things that shows that he was taken care of and they cared about him at all. That kid is not going to be considered a Sufi because obviously he was cared for. He was gotten rid of for a different reason. He, obviously, if there would have been a psul, as Rashi says, we wouldn't have taken the trouble to take care of this baby this much. If there's a psul or a de- defect, Rahman al these those kids get just trashed in the dumpster uh, with, with no care whatsoever. Wow. What about if you find him hanging from a tree, totally ridiculously suspended, like, on a crib from a tree? So it depends. If they're doing it, like, as if to invite animals to come eat it, that's horrible. That, certainly, you would only do to a child who's puzzled. But if you did it so tall, just so the animals can't get it, so that you care enough, he's a kosher child, it's just that you don't, you don't want him anymore, so you just have to put him somewhere safe what about this kind of tree near the city so we know that that's filled with shadim. Yesh Bumashim That's awful. You're putting the kid there for the shadim to get him. B'imlav But if the tree was not there, then he's not considered a Sufi, right? And a Knishtah, smichtah l'mas, hashkichah be'i rabim. Um, what if you put him in a shul so then, then Burbab and I started playing the game? I said, I don't want to look. You tell me the circumstance, I'll tell you whether he's in a Sufi or not. And it's an easy game. If it's a shul where there's a lot of people... Right, ein Then you want him to be found, right? Because he's kosher. Lav masufi. But if it's an abandoned shul, then obviously you want him to be lost, and then he is obviously apostle. Amar peira dasufli Right, and he said if you put him in a ditch that's usually for storing dates, obviously he's considered a Sufi, right? So again, we'll pick up with this tomorrow. It goes very fast, Andrew. In five minutes, we'll get to the bottom of Ayin Gimel and we'll resume with Ayin Dalit. But the point is, if he looks like he's abandoned in a place where nobody would find him, in Rahman HaTzlan, you're trying to just get rid of the kid where nobody could find it, then he's obviously not kosher. Whereas if you're putting him in a place where you, Dafka, want somebody to find him, take care of him and take him in, and you had a different circumstances because the child was kosher...